If you have your Bibles, go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> and I'm going to talk about uh, bridge builders, but today particularly I'm going to talk about forgiveness. Oh, TJ, you had me till you said forgiveness, right? Um, that's a dreaded word for a lot of us. One of the things I hated growing up was when my when my mom, when me and my brother used to get in a fight. Oh, my mom was so good. She had the love of the Lord. When we would fight, we would argue and we would be mean to each other. And he would call me names and I would call him names. And sometimes we would go to blows. He was bigger than me and a little bit older than me. And, and, and you know, sometimes and my mom would grab us and she would, you know, tell us, hey, you guys were yelling at each other. You said all these mean things. Now I want you to say three good things about each other. And in that moment, <clears throat> you know, I had to stop, change my demeanor, and say something good about my brother. You know how hard that is? Right? <clears throat> you don't know how hard that was for me. You don't know what kind of pride I had to drop to be able to do that. And, and, and my mom would do this. After we got done doing that, she would say, now you guys hug. <clears throat> Thanks, Mom. And we would do this, yeah, you know, kind of like bro hug or whatever. And, uh, but forgiveness. So sec uh, or Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14 says this. I love this. I love this bit of scripture. It says this. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Boy, I could preach right there just in that right there. Verse 13 and 14 are the ones that I want to lean into today is this. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, what? <clears throat> All right. Mom had it right. As the Lord has what? So you also must forgive. Word of God sometimes is sharp, isn't it? Verse 14, and above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in what? Perfect harmony. I love this bit of verse. Verse 13 begins with the word bearing or to bear with. And this is the Greek word, aneko, which means to hold up or endure. So when we bear uh, one another, when we're bearing with one another in love, that means that we are going to stand, we're going to endure, we're going to be, uh, have long suffering towards someone. I mean, one of the hardest things to do is to love someone that just aggravates you, right? Right? Some of you have siblings that you struggle with, that you love, but man, they sure get on your nerves, right? Some of you have kids that you love, but man, they sure do get on your nerves, right, to to endure, to endure. Everyone say to endure. And Paul is saying this. We need to hold each other up and endure with one another. And then he's, he goes a little bit further. And if there's a grievance between us, he also says this, that we must forgive <laughs> one another as Christ has forgiven us. That is a bold statement right there. You know, that's one that is easy to just read over and not have to do. That one's a lot harder to do than it is to just read over, right? But, but he says this, but we are to forgive one another as Christ has forgiven us. So here's the thing. Christ is our example. How many are forgiven because of Christ? 
I forgive because he forgave me first. Amen. I, I love that. So he is the example not only for the power of forgiveness, but for the process, the process of forgiveness. So, so Christ does, he tells us that. And what Paul tells us in verse 14 is that we must do it in love for each other. I forgive because I love you. That's tough, isn't it? That's that goes a little bit, little bit further. So, which which binds the entire process up in unity. So, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, right here, is this: building starts with good blueprints, right? Um, I have the blueprints for this church in my office, um, right here. This building, right here. Do you realize that you're sitting in a building that somebody drew the plans for? This, they, I mean, maybe in the old olden days, they would have just thrown this thing up. But now we have process of how we do this. So they, they do these blueprints so that when they're building it, they can build it to specific code, specific uh, way that it needs to be made. So here's the thing. Can I tell you this? Jesus has given us the blueprints of forgiveness. He has. He has. There's a specific way uh, that we need to do this. In verse 13 and 14, Paul gives us the blueprint for the process. Number one, we must bear we must bear and endure. Oh, I don't like those words. That means that it might get tough, that it might get rough, and it might get, uh, you know, it might, and, and I, 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 my mind went to the, the, the wolf and the three pigs. <laughs> I'll huff and I'll, <laughs> and I'll blow your house. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but but we'll have to, we have to bear and we have to, and it might get tough, and it might, we might have grievances or offenses between us. But how many know that like my mom, Christ is the great mediator. Oh, I see you're upset. I see you're upset. Guess what? Well, you guys forgive each other. You guys love each other. Interestingly, this is exactly where so many people jump out of the process. I'm mad at you. I want to be mad at you. See you later. And that's not what Christ has called us to do. I mean, uh, it's so easy to do this. Boy, we hear this in our society. It's so easy just to cancel someone or avoid a difficult relation, relationship, right? Oh, this is tough, so I'm just going to, we're going to cancel you. We're going to do this as if that is, is something that we can do. And, and thankfully, thankfully, this is not the path that Christ chose for us. See, the church, as the church, we are to be the light of the world. We are to be different than the darkness. So if the darkness works in that process, we should be working in forgiveness and love. Amen? And so I, I love that. So, and here's the thing. Jesus, he entered into the difficulty. He endured and he forgave uh, uh, where we've all benefited from his sacrifice. Well, what do you mean by that? Because Jesus' price on the cross, I am forgiven. Amen? And you are forgiven. So, so you say this, hey, forgive someone who has wronged me, TJ. I, uh, man, but you don't know what they did to me. And you're right. I don't know what they did to you. And sometimes it's scary to endure or to bear with someone who has wronged you. But here's what I know. The goal in, in a Christian's life, and, our, and one of the main goals should be this, to walk in unity with other believers and other friends and other family and other coworkers. And to learn to bear with one another and forgive. Be long-suffering. I have teenagers in my house. 
I am learning what it means to be long-suffering. Some of you parents who have raised teenagers, God bless you. Speak into this guy's life right here. Learning what it means to be long-suffering. Uh, and, and Paul also, in, in verse 14, goes on a little bit further, and he says this, Put on love, which binds us together in harmony. So not only are we to bear with one another, we are to forgive one another, and then we are to what? Put on love. Love seals the deal. I like this. First John 4.18 says this. You know, and here's the thing. Most of us, you know why we don't forgive? You know why we don't want to sometimes walk in unity? Because of fear. Well, what if I forgive them? And what if, what if they hurt me again? And what if this, and fear keeps us. But listen to what John, 1 John 4, 18 says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, what? <laughs> love binds things together. See, when you love someone, when you genuinely love someone like Christ loves someone, when you forgive someone genuinely like Christ has forgiven you, Listen, you will love them and do it with an everlasting love. Uh, another translation says this, that love drives out fear. I love that. That's beautiful. Speak the truth in love. Can we speak the truth? Absolutely. But you ought to do it in love. You know, one of the things that I see so often is a lot of people that get on their soapbox. And all, they may be telling the truth, but it's done without love. It's done in hatred. Listen, and listen, if you're going to be one of those Christians that just, I mean, listen, we have to speak the truth, but we have to do it in love. Because you know what drives out fear? Love. So correct. When we correct, we have to correct in love. I'm learning this as a parent of teenagers. We have to correct in love and not in anger. Listen, I don't have it all together. Last night. I came upstairs, and Tristan said something to me, and I said something back to her, not in a mean way. I didn't mean it in a mean way. She took it in the wrong way, and she didn't mean it. In a, and I took something that she said, and we had a misunderstanding there. And in that moment, she, we kind of bounced back and forth, only to find out that, hey, it could have all been just nice and easy if we would have just come together in the right motive and right love. If we would have said things just a little bit more lovingly, it probably would have been a-okay. Guess what I did? I went and I said, I am sorry that I said that in that tone. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. See, and when I have to ask for forgiveness, listen to me, listen to me. I know this is a little different than what I normally do, but I, I think you're getting this today. When I have to ask for forgiveness, it's because I didn't say it in love and I didn't act in love. You want to you wanna help yourself? Filter everything you say and everything you do through the lens of Jesus Christ's love. And it will keep you from out of a lot of, lot of trouble. I'm learning this, all right? 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, casting all your anxieties on him because what? He cares for you. I don't know why we, we have fear and why we carry worry about things. Especially when it comes to forgiving people, we, we want to hold on to things and then, and Peter tells us right there, hey, cast that thing on the Lord. You know why? Because he loves you. He cares about you. 
oh, when I'm scared to forgive, I, all I got to do is say, hey, here you go, God. I don't know what the outcome's going to be. I don't know about the situation, but here it is, Lord. I give it to you. Why? Because he cares for you. Now, Scripture will go on to say this, that his burden is light and that his yoke is easy. I love that bit of Scripture. Yes, the process of forgiveness can be a hard thing to accomplish, but if we seek the right blueprint, everyone say blueprint. We move from our old life to a new life um, um, in Christ. We can take all of our burdens to the cross. Amen. That's what I love about the cross. Everything that's heavy, you're feeling heavy in your heart. Man, if you take that to the foot of the cross and leave it there, God will take care of that situation. All right. And so there's freedom in, in forgiveness. Everyone say there's freedom in forgiveness. There's freedom in forgiveness, and there is joy in reconciliation. There's freedom, uh, there's freedom in forgiveness, and there is joy in reconciliation. How many have been forgiven of something? When you're forgiven of something, a debt or something, that weight's lifted off of you. How many would love if somebody would just come forgive all your debt? I hear the faith people speaking. Yes, Lord. We're learning to speak those things into existence. When the weight is lifted, you know, there's something that's free. And and when we're forgiven of our sins, there is a freedom. There is a weight that's lifted off of you. How many remember the day that you got saved and you got up and you felt like the weight of the, the sin that you had was gone. And you walked away and you said, man, I feel free in my heart. I feel free in my life. How many know what I'm talking about? And then what happens is, I remember the day that I got saved, that what happens is after that weight was lifted off of me, the reconciliation between the relationship between God and I was, was, was made right. And then what? The joy of the Lord became my strength. I began to feel his joy. I love what David said in Psalm 51. When he, when he blew it, he, he, he messed up with Bathsheba, and he said this to the Lord. He said this prayer in Psalm 51 is, restore unto me the joy of your salvation, Lord. Lord, I know that if I can be reconciled with you, the joy will return to my life. Amen? And there is freedom in forgiveness, and there is joy in reconciliation. Everyone say that with me. There is freedom in forgiveness, and there is joy in reconciliation. So here's the thing. So we, we know that. Here's number two right here. Choose forgiveness. Everyone say choose forgiveness. Unforgiveness is a horrible way to live. When we live with unforgiveness, it's, it's a terrible way to live. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us this, that it is a death sentence. You say, well, where does it say that? Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15 says this, For if you forgive others their tres- trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Verse 15, listen, but if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you. Your now, I want to just show you something. This is amazing to me because this bit of scripture is taken. Well, you know what happens in context right before this bit of scripture? The Lord's Prayer. 
Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread as we what? Forgive who? Oh, this is the only part of that prayer that is reiterated after he gets done praying is the forgiveness part. See, if we continue to hold a grudge, if we choose not to forgive, then the Lord will not forgive us. Well, that's potent, right? Look at this parable in Luke chapter 7, verse 40 through 50. I'm going to read this. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. As he answered, say it, teacher. I love Simon's response. <laughs> Boy, I think we could all learn a lot from Simon. If God says, hey, I have something to say to you, TJ. You know what my response is going to be? Say it, Lord. Go ahead and say it because I probably need to hear it right now. Say it, teacher. And Jesus said this, a certain moneylender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which one of them will love him more? And Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Verse 44, then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she was she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Verse 45, you gave me uh, uh, no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Verse 47, therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are what? Woo! Are forgiven. Uh, um are forgiven for she what loved much but he who has forgiven little loves little and he said to her your sins are forgiven then those who were at the table began to say among themselves who is this who even forgives sins and he said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace. I love this. In this parable, Jesus paints an illustration of forgiveness. And he talks about, I think, in a way that we all understand, money, right? And I was talking, and he said 500 denarii and 50 denarii. He had two people who owed great debts. And when the lender said, hey, I'm just going to cancel the debt, which person is, is going to be more excited and more blessed about, uh, about uh, being freed from this debt? And Simon answers, you know, the one with the greater debt. Well, absolutely. How many owed a debt that you could not pay? Listen, the wages of sin is, and Jesus Christ paid that debt for you. Jesus Christ paid that debt for you. And, and so how many times has someone wronged you, and the first thing that comes to mind when you want to restore the relationship is this. Well, they owe me an apology. Mm. You had me on that one, Pastor. I'm just going to go hide right here. I wish the thing was a little bit bigger so you guys couldn't see me. They owe me an apology. And that's much like the money lender. We have the choice to forgive, but, but the debt uh, or to continue to live with it. That, see, the money lender at that point, he had two choices. I can forgive them for the debt or I could hold it against them forever and ever. 
And he didn't come in and say, hey, you guys owe me an apology because you owe me 500 and you owe me 50. He didn't, he didn't prerequisite that. Listen, I think apologies are great. I think if somebody is working on reconciliation, I think that's important. But listen to me. You've got control of being able to forgive someone. You can't control someone else's actions, but you can control your own. Amen? So think for a moment of the sins each of us commit every single day. Imagine if Jesus put a parameters on our life where he said, hey, you owe me an apology all the time. Consider this. Think about this, how God forgives each of us. Think about this. God holds back his anger. He bears with us over and over and over and over again. Some of us shouldn't even be here today, but God has held back his anger because he loves you. He's been long-suffering. He has bared with you. God meets us where we are in our sin, and he offers grace and mercy. Amen? God always makes the first move to forgive. Thank you, Jesus. I love that. And God continues to forgive us even though he knows we will continue to sin, and sometimes the same sin. That's where it gets a little tough for me, right? Man, they did me wrong. And what if they do it again? You forgave me, God, so I can forgive them. God will continue to reach out to us for reconciliation. Even when we're making the worst mistakes, God's still sitting there with open arms saying, I love you. And there's no, no, there is no probation period with God. Well, I'll forgive you if you do this, 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 this. That's not the way the Lord works. There's no probation period. He is always ready to forgive. I love this. Charles Spurgeon said it like this. Suppose someone had grievously offended any, any one of you and that he asked for forgiveness. Do you think that it would be, uh, would probably, you would probably say to him, well, yes, I forgive you, but I cannot forget. And he said this, I love what Spurgeon says. This is a sort of forgiveness with one leg chopped off. It is a lame forgiveness and is not worth very much. What he's saying there, I believe that Spurgeon is saying there is this. If we begin to put parameters on our forgiveness towards each other, if we continue to increase the gap rather than bridge the gap between two points, we'll never truly be forgiven. If you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor. I know this is different today, but listen, you're being intentive, and I, I think it's important for us as believers. Here's what I know. Some people major on differences. Oh, man, all you got to do is turn on the news. You have two opposing views, and we all yell at you, and we'll yell at you, and we'll yell at you. And I'm like, click. Some people major on differences, but here's what I know. Unity is unnatural in a fallen world. It is something that we have to work on daily, every day. That's why I love that song. God's mercies are renewed every morning. So my mercies towards you should be renewed every morning. What a blueprint, right? And here's what I know. In, 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 in a, in a, it, it, unity is unnatural in a fallen world. It's going to take supernatural grace and personal sacrifice on our part. It's going to take his grace and sometimes I'm going to have to take personal sacrifices to, to forgive people. I like the supernatural grace part. I don't like the personal sacrifice. That means I might have to bite my tongue 
and not say what I really want to say, the Holy Spirit's like, stop, keep it down, keep the peace, keep unity amongst you, be the more mature Christian. <laughs> and it's going to be a conscious effort to build bridges. And this is what I know. And if we don't do that, the enemy will win. So the, you probably won't get it all figured out in the first try, but that's okay, right? Uh, we've got to start somewhere. Here's the next. That leads me to the last point, and the worship team can come back. Start building. Everyone say start building. Man, any good contractor starts with good blueprints and good plans, right? Anybody that's building and doing right, they're going to look at the blueprints. They're going to look at the plans, and they're going to they're going to start there. You got to start from that point. And the example that Jesus gives us is the best blueprint of forgiveness in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, we see it time and time and time again, where we see God's grace, God's love, and God's forgiveness. And, and that wins the lives of people. So look at this. Uh, how many know the story? In, in 1933, Joseph Strauss, uh, he, he began to build the Joseph Strauss Art Suspension Bridge. It was built, it was finished in 1937. We know that as the Golden Gate Bridge now. But I want you to just picture this and, and, and think about what it took to build this bridge. You know, how many have ever seen that bridge in, in person? The, the Golden Gate Bridge is, is awesome to see. It's mesmerizing. It's, it covers, it spans an area of 1.2 miles. That is a big bridge, a 1.2-mile bridge. And this, this what it does, it, it spans the area of the San Francisco Peninsula in the south, and it connects the marina headlands to the north. And it is a bridge to, what, close those areas to bring them together. And from 1933 to 1937, five years of long hours, tough work, thousands of workers, and listen to this, 80,000 miles of cable to build this bridge that would span the gap there. And, and, and we know it as it's beautiful, the, you know, red, orangish color, this iconic Art Deco bridge. We, we see pictures of it, we know. That's the Golden Gate Bridge. That's the Golden Gate Bridge. And its purpose was to connect two areas. Can I tell you something? As Christians, we're called to bind everything we do together with love. Listen to me. Just like the workers on the Golden Gate Bridge, they came together. We too, as believers, we got to come together with the purpose of, hey, I'm going to bridge the gap between point A and point B. I'm going to forgive where things need to be forgiven. Why? Because Christ called us to forgive. And the workers, they came together and they built this beautiful bridge that closed the chasm there in the San Francisco Bay using the blueprints that they had written up and they had, they had worked from that point on. bridge still stands today, almost 100 years old. The bridge in Cincinnati this week, 150 years old, still standing, still operable. Let me ask you this. What are some areas in your life that you need to build a bridge? The chasm is great. See, here's the thing. God has given us the blueprint. See, 80,000 miles of cable does not compare to the chasm of sin that separated me from God. 
You think 80,000 miles of cable is a lot. The chasm that separated man and God was big. And it took Jesus hanging between heaven and earth bearing the hand of the Father to have mankind say, all right, I'll bring you back together. And it started with forgiveness for you. It's a beautiful picture. Romans 5.8 says this, but God shows his love for us while we were what? Christ died for us. Before we even knew we were sinners, Christ died for us. He already, he was working on that bridge of forgiveness. Christ first forgave us, and he's the original bridge builder, the, the blueprint. Christ forgave me so that I can forgive others. You know, I don't walk around trying to offend people. I don't think very many people do. I mean, there might be some people in here who like to go offend people. I don't like living that way. But this is what I know. Unforgiveness creeps in really subtly in our lives. It could be a fight with a brother or sister. Had a Thanksgiving dinner and then there's a chasm built. Well, I'm not going to call them at Christmas. God has not called us to build chasm, but God has called us to build bridges with one another. And now listen to me. If we're going to be bridge builders, it first starts with forgiveness. Forgiveness is the core teaching of Jesus Christ in his ministry, and it's a calling of ours. Will you bow your heads with me? I'm going to read this bit of story. I want you to just concentrate on this story. I think it, it, it shows us what for, the power of forgiveness. In the book, Will Daylight Come? There's a, a story of how sin can enslave us, but unforgiveness, uh, but, but forgiveness can free us. In this story, a little boy visits his grandparents and gets his first slingshot as he practices in the woods, never hits a target. He leaves his grandparents' backyard, and he sees the pet duck. And on an impulse, he takes aim at it and lets it fly, and the stone hits the duck, and the duck falls dead. The boy panics, and desperately, he hides the duck in the wood pile, only to, to look up and see his little sister Sally saw the whole thing. After lunch that day, Grandma says, Sally, let's wash the dishes. But Sally says, no, Johnny told me he wanted to help in the kitchen today. Didn't you, Johnny? She whispers to him, remember the duck. So Johnny does the dishes, and later Grandpa comes along and says, hey, I want to take you guys fishing. Grandma said, I I'm sorry, but I need Sally to help me with, with, to make supper. And Sally smiles and says, that's all taken care of. Johnny wants to do it. Again, Sally leans over and whispers to Johnny, remember the duck. Johnny stays while Sally goes fishing, and after several days of Johnny doing both, his chores and Sally's, finally, he can't stand it anymore. And Johnny confesses to his grandma. To his surprise, his grandma says, I know, Johnny, giving him a hug. I was standing in the window and I saw the whole thing because I love you. I forgave you. And I wondered how long you would let Sally make you a slave. So what's the point of this story? Here's the thing. We've all wronged someone or been wronged in our lives. 
Johnny took the path of hiding his wrongdoing rather than seeking forgiveness. And here's the thing. It eventually became a burden to him. And he couldn't handle it on his own. See, God's given us a blueprint in this house. It's the word of God. He's told us, hey, we are to bear with one another. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It might be difficult. It might be tough. But like Tristan said, sometimes we have to shine light into dark places. And God begins to reveal those things. I want to speak to two people today. Those of you who have not been forgiven of your sins, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, He's waiting on you like Grandma was. He's waiting on you to make the move, ask for forgiveness. Please the work on the cross. He's already forgiven you. He's just waiting on you today. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, I want to give you a chance to know him today. Anybody in the building, would you just lift up your hand? Nobody looking around. We can just wait just a moment here. I know this is different today. Anybody in this building? All right. Here's the second group I want to talk to. So we are, as believers, if you didn't raise your hands, I'm just going to assume that you're a believer in the house. God has called us, the, given us the blueprint of how to forgive. We are to bear with one another. Number one, we are to forgive. Number two, we are to bind it in love. If you're here and you say, hey, pastor, I've got some unforgiveness in my heart. I need to just lay that down today at the altar. I believe the Holy Spirit's in this, this house. I believe that light is shining into dark corners, maybe some areas that we forgot about. It doesn't mean that you go home and make everything right today, but, but it does mean that you start the process. Hey, God, I see the blueprint. This is what I need to do. God, help me to walk this out. If that's you, say, hey, Pastor, I, I'm harboring a little bit of unforgiveness in my heart. I need to let it go. I need to let it go. In Jesus' name, would you just lift your hand? Anybody in the building? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands going up all over the place. Hands going up all over the place. This is what I want to do. I want to give you an invitation. Invitation. Some of you, listen to me. Some of you need to forgive yourselves. Some of you are holding on to some unforgiveness to yourself. Listen, these altars are open. People are already coming up here. Come on. Come on. Just come on up here. Come on up here. I believe God wants to do a work in this house. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. There's more of you. Come on. There's more of you. Come on, take that step of faith today. It's okay. Listen, nobody's going to judge you. We've all been there. Listen, I am only forgiven because of God's grace. I'm only forgiven because of what God has done in me. I'm only freed. I'm only able to forgive because of what God has done in me. Come on, there's more. Come on, there's more of you. Come on, there's more of you. Come on, I'm going to ask the prayer team, the prayer team to come down here, find some people, help me out. Come on, come on, I need some prayer warriors to come down. To, to, to stand in the gap with these people. Let's be bridge builders. Let's be bridge builders, Cornerstone. Let's be bridge builders today. God's grace and mercy is great, but let's be bridge builders. Come on, let's not just talk about it. Let's walk it out. Not talk, let's just not talk it out. Let's walk it out in our lives every day. Come on.
direction I I want to I want to give you this bit of scripture I believe the word of God is powerful how many believe that the word of God is powerful first Peter 4 8 says this above all keep loving one another earnestly since what love covers a multitude of sins and the next verse that I want to share with you is this John 13 35 Jesus said this they will know you by your love for one another. The world's going to know your walk with Christ by how you love one another. Listen, how many want to be bridge builders? How many want to be bridge builders? Listen, it's going to take some work. It's going to be difficult. Listen, I, I know today was a little bit different than what we normally do, but I believe God is stirring us into deep places. God is changing us. God is preparing us for something great. Listen, so today we just say this. Heavenly Father, stretch your hands this way. Heavenly Father, God, I pray today, Lord, that you would seal this word. God, with your Holy Spirit today. God, for those who may be dealing with unforgiveness, God, maybe they didn't come down here today. God, this week, God, I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would help them to identify those things. Be the light. Shine. 
in their hearts this week, God. Help us to forgive others, Lord, as you have forgiven us. God, help us to be bridge builders. God, to create unity in the body of Christ. God, use us. God, use us. God, to speak love and to speak truth. Lord, into people, into a dark and a dying world. God, will give you all the praise. God, will give you all the adoration in this house. Come on and give Jesus a hand clap of praise today.